You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got some new listeners, so I want to give a big shout-out to everybody listening on TuneIn Radio and on iHeartRadio. More people to uh, learn what they need to win your leagues and win that cash. I got my man Mike Florio with me on the one and twos tonight. He's keeping it so hot that we sweat steam, dropping stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We got a good show for you on a Monday. A lot of things to do, okay, and my top five dead or alive. We're going to take, you know, some of the takeaways from the preseason games that happened week one of the preseasons. A lot of rookies flashed, you know, everyone from Deshaun Kaiser to Mitchell Trubisky to uh, Christian Hackenberg. We'll talk about these young people that we think might be in the quarterback spot or we're in the running back spot for some of those teams. We're definitely going to get into that. There are not one, but two more people in week one of the preseason that decided to not stand for the national anthem. We'll talk a little bit about that and compare and contrast it with Colin Kaepernick last year. As you know, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle, what we are doing is going team by team on every NFL team, getting you ready for fantasy football and fantasy football drafts. We are in our last division right now. It is the AFC South. We start today with our preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to give you everything you need to learn about Jacksonville. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to set the clocks five minutes ahead in honor of Tom Coughlin. Later on, we put the fun in functional sports radio. We are getting down to it, people. If you've been listening to the Fantasy Freestyle all summer long, you know that we are looking to crown the greatest sports movie of all time. We are down to eight. We will have the regional finals tonight. We start in the basketball region. What is going to be the winner of the basketball region? We have the number three seed, White Men Can't Jump. It has survived and advanced so far. It is going up against the five seed that's the cartoon movie space jam who will win the basketball region we also got a poll up right now at fntsy radio at spitting speeds as well on the jacksonville jaguars the over under for them for the season is six and a half do you think they will win more than six and a half games do you think they will win less than six and a half games you can still vote and make your voice heard if you want to also call the show this hour you can mike florio will take good care of you the number is 844-843-6879 and finally as we put the fun in functional sports news the other thing is that Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight we are now inside of two weeks find out who Floyd thinks has the edge on paper all that and more when we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network I'm your boy Dane Martinez Speeds the Spitting Statistician holding you down come on right back
In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And to everybody listening on TuneIn Radio and on iHeartRadio as well. Here's what we do here in this segment. I give you my top five dead or alive news and notes and the big stories that I want to talk about. Later on, we're going to give you our preview for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we're going to wrap up the show putting the fun and functional sports radio with our greatest sports movie of all time. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather as well. Let me first kick it off with news and notes around the league. First off, in Major League Baseball, the Astros have traded for Tyler Clippard from the White Sox for the uh, always fun player to be named later and cash considerations. The Astros looking to beef up their bullpen, although Tyler Clippard was not doing it when he was with the Yankees, had that short stint with Chicago. Nolan Arenado was hit by a pitch in his hand. The X-rays have come back negative. They're going to still rest him tonight. He's not in that lineup. He is listed as day-to-day. Also, Big thing to note, if you are a fantasy baseball owner who had Clayton Kershaw, he's going to throw a simulated game on Wednesday. Remember, he was on the DL because of that back issue. They believe that Kershaw will be back in the Dodgers rotation by the end of the month. Moving over to the NFL, Ryan Turner Tannehill has, in fact, going to go for surgery. He has been sent to injured reserve, effectively ending his 2017 season. New Bills wide receiver. Jordan Matthews. Remember, he was traded to Buffalo in a flurry of deals uh, late last week. He already, in his first practice with his new team, they say he has a chipped sternum. That doesn't sound like it's conducive to you picking up the scheme and being on the field with the new quarterback. They're listing him as week to week moving forward. Seahawks wide receiver Paul Richardson. He has a issue with his age C joint in his shoulder. Pete Carroll head coach said he will miss some time. He did that making a nice diving catch early in their first preseason game against the Chargers, which they absolutely rolled to. Thomas Rawls in that same game was running with the ones. Okay, He was the first running back out there. He was the one who was on the field with Russell Wilson. Eddie Lacy did not get on the field until backup quarterback Trayvon Boykin was out there. Eddie Lacey was running with the twos. The running back situation in Seattle is definitely something to keep an eye on. We also have word Colts owner. I mean, this Andrew Luck thing has been going on for the last few weeks. There's a drip, drip, drip of news. They continue to push back when they think he will be available. Remember, he is on the pup list right now. Over the weekend, Colts owner Jim Ursay says uh, Andrew Luck will be, quote unquote, back around the season opener. I think it is officially time to drop Andrew Luck in your rankings and fade all the rest of the Colts, whether that's T.Y. Hilton, whether that's Jack Doyle, whether that's Dante Moncrief. It looks like the news coming out is getting worse and worse about the recovery and return for Andrew Luck. Also, in Philadelphia, they're running back Ryan Matthews. Not Jordan Matthews, but Ryan Matthews is in Philadelphia. Here's what's going to wind up happening there. That running back room is too crowded right now. Remember, Garrett Blunt, Darren Sproles, Danell Pumphrey, they like Smallwood as well. Here's what's going to happen. I'm a, I'm a clairvoyant. I'm going to 
to tell you the future right now. As soon as Ryan Matthews passes a physical, the Eagles are going to cut him. That's what is going down. They just have to pay him extra bonuses if he can't make the physical, things like that. He is going to wait until he can clear the physical. Then the Eagles are going to cut him. And in other news, Dolphins stud running back Jay Ajayi is now still in the concussion protocol. He's been there for two weeks. He still needs to be cleared by the independent neurologist. I want to talk about... Uh, some things that were going on this weekend in my top five dead or alive. Next thing I want to mention is this national anthem issue. Remember, it was such a huge issue last year, okay, when Colin Kaepernick would obviously not, not stand for the anthem. But now in our first week of games in the preseason this year, we have two fairly uh, significant players, you know, brand names that people know. Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks and... Marshawn Lynch of the Oakland Raiders. They both decided to not stand for the anthem. It's interesting. Michael Bennett sat and he said he plans to for the entire reason. After the game, he was asked about this, okay? And he's pretty much, you know, he wanted to make the distinction that he's got nothing against the country or, or the military or the police or anything, but he comes out with some good reasons why he is sitting for the national anthem. Florio, we don't have that sound just yet. We're going to go to that in a little while, okay? But first of all, Marshawn Lynch is sitting for the uh, National Anthem, okay? And remember, this was a big deal last year uh, when he was actually sitting out for, for uh, retirement. But he says that he's been doing this for the last nine years. Jack Del Rio, his new coach over in Oakland, said he strongly believes that people should stand, but that he respects his like personal decision as a man. Mike Florio, I believe we have that Michael Bennett sound. What are his reasons for not standing? Thing for the anthem? Um, I think last week I was just with everything that's been going on the last couple of months and especially after the last couple of days and everything in Virginia and seeing what's going on out there earlier today in Seattle. Um, I just wanted to be able to use my platform to be able to continue to speak on injustice. First of all, I want to make sure people understand I love the military. I love my father's in the military. I love I love hot dogs like any other American. I love football like any other American, but I don't love segregation. I don't love riots. I don't love um, oppression. I don't love, love, I love gender slander. And I just, I just want to see people who have the equality that, that, they, that they deserve. And um, I want to be able to use this platform to continuously push the, the message of that, you know. Um, keep journeying out and keep finding out how unselfish can we be as a society how can we continuously um, love one another and understand that people are different and just because they're different doesn't mean that you shouldn't like them just because they don't smell the way you smell the way just because they don't eat what you eat just because they don't pray to the same God you pray to doesn't mean you should hate them and whether it's Muslim whether it's Buddhist whether it's Christian wherever it is I just want people to understand that no matter what we understand together and it's just more about uh, being a human being at this point so there you hear Michael Bennett. And, you know, Michael and his brother Martellus Bennett have always been kind of outspoken, kind of ahead of the curve on a lot of things. I think what's very key is he uses the phrase, how I use this platform. And that's what it really comes down to, right? And it's real interesting when the NFL uses the platform for breast cancer awareness or uses the platform for military appreciation. But it's interesting when they decide that they won't let their specific players use the platform for whatever they see fit. This is obviously something that we're going to keep an eye on 
you know, for the remainder of the season, do these guys continue and do they get the same kind of blowback that Colin Kaepernick got just last year? Keep it moving here on Fantasy Freestyle. Another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is hashtag all rise for the judge. Unfortunately, people have not been rising as much recently, okay? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is now down to hitting 289. He was hitting 330 with 30 home runs over the All-Star break. Okay, in his last month of games since the All-Star break, he has five home runs and only 12 ribbies. His OPS is only 676. That's brought his season total down to still over 1,000, 1.022. But this is a legitimate extended slump of Aaron Judge. Meanwhile... Giancarlo Stanton is tearing a cover off the ball. His 42 home runs now lead Major League Baseball. He's hit 16 in the last month. His OPS in the last month, 1.240. He has 31 ribbies in the last 30 days. Stan has hopped him for the Major League Baseball home run total. But also, Jose Altuve may be hopping Aaron Judge right now for the AL MVP. Altuve hitting 362 with 18 homers, 65 ribbies. Add on 20. 26 stolen bases as the Astros have run away and hid in the AL West. And this is with Carlos Correa and George Springer, two of their other studs, missing time. Remember, Mike Trout also has missed a bunch of time. And I bring this up because if you listen to Fantasy Freestyle, you know that my prediction for the World Series at the end of this season was the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. I was high on this. You also want to know, in the AL, my MVP pick was Jose Altuve. My NL MVP pick was Bryce Harper. My AL Cy Young pick was Corey Kluber. That still looks decent. Unfortunately, Noah Syndergaard as my NL Cy Young may not work. I'm sorry, Mikey Florio. The one thing I want to move on, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have a break as well. But um, I want to talk about some of the running backs that we saw in the first week of preseason. Okay, I want to talk specifically about Kareem Hunt in Kansas City, where. Um, he only got one carry. You know, he didn't really do what we thought. We thought that he was going to push Spencer Ware, but Spencer Ware was running with the ones, with the starting offensive line, and looked decent, got into the end zone. So I'm not sure about that. However, in San Francisco, Joe Williams, Joe Williams looked good, okay? He had seven carries for 60 yards, okay? So he was doing his thing, continuing potentially to push Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde got no yards on only two carries. I know it's only preseason, but Joe Williams showed explosive. And he's averaging about eight yards to carry in preseason. Obviously, you know, there's all, so many factors, vanilla based defenses going against the, the backups and things like that. But keep an eye on Joe Williams. I think he showed up and showed out, whereas Kareem Hunt did not. I got one more takeaway from preseason games that we're going to get into. It's a shot call. It's something I told you about on Friday's show. And then we're going to go into my preview into the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I said, they're over. Over under total is six and a half. You know where I'm gonna go. I'm taking the under. Let's come on back. Fantasy freestyle. Dane Martinez, speeds the spitting statistician. Right after this. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. 
Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks to everybody listening live on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio as well. Coming, you know, going into break, one of the things that we were talking about was how Aaron Judge is, I'm, I'm sorry to say, has fallen off a little bit, and how Giancarlo Stanton is taking up the mantle of home run, you know, king in Major League Baseball. No sooner do I say that, Giancarlo Stanton has just gone yard, giving the Marlins a two nothing lead in the first his 43rd home run of the season and then in the Bronx to end the first inning Aaron Judge yeah he struck out so like I said these things are continuing to happen keep an eye out on this Aaron Judge could be hitting the wall of something we got to see uh we got to see if he can recreate that plate discipline that he had at the beginning of the year and can get back to his very productive ways the one other thing I wanted to mention the one on the game, preseason game I wanted to touch on was the Bengals and the Bucks that took place over the weekend. I talked about I want to talk about Joe Mixon because I've been saying these rookie running backs. Joe Mixon, six carries for 31 yards. Okay, he also mixed in with the first team and he looked all right. But here's the here's the important part for Mixon, I thought. He picked up a couple of blitzes, okay? Remember I've told you that for rookie running backs, young running backs, pass protection is something that is very, very important. So the fact that he had six carries for 31 yards and Jeremy Hill had seven for 26, that's not what I'm looking at. The fact that he kind of, Mixon looked pretty good and that he picked up a blitz and handled it, that's what I'm looking at. And also on the Tampa Bay side, if you remember and if you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, I told you by this show right here, right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks will have cut their kicker, their former second-round pick, Aguayo. Now, Aguayo hit a 20-yard field goal, but he missed an extra point and a 47-yard field goal. So, as predicted, shot called by your man, Speeds, the spitting statistician. The Bucks did, in fact, cut him. Hey, Florio, I'm going to be excited to see what happens on Hard Knocks tomorrow because we might be able to see exactly how that went down. Mike Florio and Dane Martinez will chop it up and talk about it tomorrow and Wednesday on the Fantasy Freestyle. One thing though, we're going to keep it moving. We go to the AFC South, okay? If you've been listening all summer long, you know that I've been going division by division, giving you, you know, insight into where the fantasy goodness is, who to start, who to sit, who to fade, where there is value. I've been looking at the schedule so you could pick that apart as well. I'm also giving you their season win totals. For the Jaguars, it's six and a half. And because, you know, Fantasy is not the only way you can make that money. Ask my man Gabe Morency on Red Heat and Rage following us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He likes to throw a couple shekels on some things here and there. So we're going to ask him and others what is the right play for the season win total for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But here's where we got to stay. We got to start in the quarterback, and that's Blake Bortles, okay? I'm going to tell you something. 
It is not good when both the coach and the GM say that literally the best thing would be for their quarterback to have zero attempts per game. It's not good when they come in and literally try to change to become a quote-unquote exotic smash-mouth team. And a lot of people thought that Blake Bortles is still kind of a good fantasy quarterback because garbage time works just the same. But Blake Bortles regressed. Blake Bortles, I do not actually think, is going to be an NFL quarterback by the 2018 season. But my hot take is I don't think he's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback by the second half of the season. And that's where it all gets complicated. You need to fade, fade, fade Blake Bortles. I don't care that two years ago he had 4,400 yards. Okay? He's going to be good for 15, 16, 17, 18 interceptions, and you need to stay away from him. In other seasons, it used to be like, oh, but they'll be down by three touchdowns in the second half, so there'll be so much garbage time. I don't know if that's going to be the case as much this year, okay? This team is going to want to run the ball, keep it low, take the ball, and the... uh the philosophy away from Blake Bortles. They're going to try and manage everything around Blake Bortles because, to be quite honest, outside of that, their roster is not that bad. Let's go to the running back situation. They spent their number four overall pick on Leonard Fournette, the stud running back out of LSU. The question I have is, will he be one of these workhorse kind of backs? You know, as we say, almost every team has pretty much a committee at running back. They still have TJ Yeldon. They still have Chris Ivory. I do, however, think that Fournette could be one of these every down workhorse backs. And here's why. A lot of people knock him in the passing game, but he never had a chance to prove himself at LSU. If you listen to my man Joe Lisi and the go for two, or you watched LSU yourself, you knew they were not a team that was going to try to make, take many risks, especially under less miles in the last few years. They were just running Leonard Fournette almost into the ground, okay? I think he can do this. Here's my question. Another thing that hampered Leonard Fournette in his LSU career was uh, foot and ankle injuries, okay? And now, coming after this, uh, their first preseason game, they're already holding him out of preseason week two because they are worried about a foot injury already. He has this history, so I'm a little skeptical. If you're in a PPR league, I can understand dropping him a little more. I think he'll be okay in the passing game. I think he is a high-end RB2, however. Do not get it twisted. Do not get enamored by, oh, Leonard Fournette in the fourth pick. Is he going to do the same thing as Zeke? Elliott did last year with the number four pick. I don't think so. I do, however, think that Leonard Fournette can get you 1,100 yards this season, okay? And because of that, I have him ranked as my RB13. Like I said, a high-end RB2. My man Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has him in right in the same spot. He has him one lower at RB14. I also want to talk about this wide receiver position. Allen Robinson is a mystery to me, Okay. Two years ago, in 2015, the same time when Blake Bortles had what people thought was like an ascending breakout season, so did Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson had 80 catches, 1,400 yards, and 14 touchdowns. But last year, he regressed all the way to 73 for 883 and six touchdowns. He was still wide receiver 25. I think he can have a little bit of an uptick, but here's the thing. It's about the actual skill of Allen Robinson. Okay, it's similar to like, you know how Mike Evans even made Johnny Football look good in college? 
Allen Robinson made Christian Hackenberg look good in college. The talent is not the issue, but I have the same argument that I told you about Blake Bortles. I don't think this team wants to be a pass-happy team anymore. They want to run the clock and grind it down and keep the margin of error and the risk low. That is not a good thing for Allen Robinson, okay? Like two years ago, you would have thought that he was a top five, top ten kind of wide receiver. That is no longer the case. I have Allen Robinson as my wideout 18 right now. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has him as wideout 16. So he is still a wideout two in any format. The only question is, with your fate tied to Blake Bortles, that is not the kind of wide receiver I want. Also want to talk a little bit about the other wideouts that are there. Allen Hearns and Marquise Lee. Now, these are guys that are also tied to Blake Bortles. I want to spotlight Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee was the guy who performed last year with over 850 yards receiving, but he has a high ankle sprain, and those are injuries that tend to linger. They're already worried if he may or may not be available for the opener. That's something that could be a problem all season long. Keep an eye on Marquise Lee in terms of that ankle injury. One thing I will tell you is if you go to the tight end position, you are not going to find any production from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're talking about Michael Rivera, who's uh, a guy that they got from the Raiders. We're talking about Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis is a blocking tight end for the most part. Yeah, he'll get a touchdown here or there. Remember, they had Julius Thomas there last year. He has since moved on to rejoin Adam Gaze down in Miami. There is no reason you want anything with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars tight end position. What I will say, though, and this could be a little sneaky. This could be a little sneaky. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars defense this year. I think their defense is actually like hashtag sleeper week or hashtag diamond in the rough. And here's why. If you read my chapter on the definitive guide to fantasy football, which you can where I talk about streaming defenses, there's a couple of things you look for in the defense. And the Jaguars are checking a lot of these boxes. The one thing you look at is you look at that offense. I think that offense is going to be more ball control, run the ball, time of possession. That means their opponent will not have the ball as much. I think that's a good thing. The other thing I do is I look at that division. I look at the rest of the AFC South. We're talking about the Tennessee Titans, a run-heavy team. We're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, who have questions at quarterback. We're talking about the Houston Texans, who also have questions at quarterback. They're going to have six games against those teams. Okay, so I think that that could be something viable. They also spent a lot of money in the offseason. Okay, they went out and got Calais Campbell to pair with Malik Jackson in the middle of that, what I think is going to be a stout defensive line. They weren't done. They then went and got A.J. Bouye, an up-and-coming cornerback. They signed him away from division rival Houston. They're paying, pa- pairing A.J. Bouye with uh, last year's first-round pick Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was coming on. I think, actually, the Jaguars may have one of the best cornerback tandems in the National Football League. The other thing I want to tell you is, 
Remember, they are London's adopted team. And in week three, they will host the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Jaguars have been doing this year in and year out. Baltimore may not be as, uh, you know, ready for that kind of travel. So I like the Jaguars, especially their defense, in week three against Baltimore in London. Okay, what we're going to do when we come back, though, is we're going to take a look at their schedule and we're going to take a look at this poll. We're going to see, you know, if the people are thinking that they're going to win less than six and a half games, above six and a half games. We're also going to get Mike Florio's take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to see what he thinks about what I said about Bortles and Allen Robinson. If the new Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone scheme, if that leads you to want to fade guys like Allen Robinson, we're going to do that when we come back as we drop in stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, you may be listening live on TuneIn Radio or on iHeartRadio as well. So good to have you on board. It's your man, Dane Martinez Speeds, the spitting statistician. When we come back, more Jaguars talk after this Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout out, everybody listening live on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio as well. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician. We are talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I told you why I like their defense, but guys like Blake Bortles and even guys like Allen Robinson, I'm fading a little bit. I want to look at their schedule, and I'm going to bring in my man Mikey Florio, who's got on the ones and twos in for Chris Bavona, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. Hey, Mikey, I think their schedule is really, really interesting, okay? I don't know if you have it in front of you, but there are, like, their away games all come in stretches, which I think just set them up to fail. They have, like, two- and three-game road stretches at a time. For example, weeks 11 and 12 at Cleveland and then at Arizona back-to-back. Weeks 16 and 17 at San Francisco and then at Tennessee back-to-back. And here's the worst of them all. They host the Baltimore Ravens in London week three. Okay, so that's technically a home game, but in London. You know how for the last like five years after you play the London game, you get a bye? Not the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. They have the Ravens week three in London. Then week four at the New York Jets, maybe giving the Jets a chance to uh, seize a win with this schedule. And then week five at... At the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this stacks up against them. And, uh, Mike, I got two questions for you. One, their bye week is week eight. Do you think, because Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, no-nonsense kind of guys, do you think if Bortles service continues to be serving it up to opposing defenses, do you think there's any chance we see Chad Henney in weeks nine and beyond? I think there's certainly a chance that we see that at some point this season. I think, though, just seven games in, maybe too quick 
to jump off of Blake Bortles for these guys. You're willing to give Blake Bortles a longer leash, it sounds like. I'm not a Blake Bortles guy, but I just feel like, I mean, realistically, say they're sitting at like three and four after seven if games. If you're being generous, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you're being generous, let's, or even, I mean, two and five, maybe one and six, they'd have to be with a record, something along those lines, in my opinion, for them to make that switch that early. All right, fair enough. Well, let's go through the schedule right here, Florio, and let's see. Because remember, their over-under in Vegas is six and a half. Let's see if we can find seven, which would be the only way you should bet the over in this, okay? Um, and let's, Mike, let's, uh, let's, be as uh, optimistic as a Jaguars fan as we can. Let's see if we can find seven wins, okay? Their opener, they're on the road at the Houston Texans. I don't like road games in op- in the opener, so I think that's a loss. You agree? Yeah, yeah that defense, too, especially is scary. Absolutely. So we have them 0-1. Uh, their home opener for the exotic Smash Mouth Tennessee Titans. Do you want to give them that one? No. Okay, 0-2. In London against the Baltimore Ravens. That one I could see. I'll give them that one. They're, okay? they're used to they're, playing They've in adjusted to it. Sure, sure, sure. I'll give them that one. Then on a short week, they fly back, but they are at the New York Jets. You want to give them that one? First of all, how do you make them play the next That's week? That's what I'm saying. And on the road. On I, the road, exactly. The, the, like, the schedule makers hate the Jaguars. You know what, though? I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give you the New York Jets game. So I have them 2-2 two and two out of four, after four games, okay? I, I agree with you all on right. that one. Next week, at Pittsburgh. That's got to be an L, That's right? That's an L. Hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Let's, let's give them that one. You want to give them that one? Okay, you're being optimistic. Okay. Then at Indianapolis, we think Andrew Luck will be back there by then. Yeah, even if he's on the pup, he should be back with right. seven. That's an L. That's an L. So you have them three and four going into their bye. Good, just good enough to not pull the plug on Blake Bortles. Okay, then they got two home games in a row. The Bengals and the newly L.A. Chargers. You give them either one of those? Nope. Okay, so that has them going. I've got them at three and six. Then they go at Cleveland. I think they're going to lose at Cleveland. I think Cleveland is more up and coming than Jacksonville. If we're giving them... The optimistic view, you got to throw them a Fine, you're going to give them the optimistic <laughs> one, making them 4-6 and six at this point through 10. At Arizona, that's an L, right? Yep. Okay, that makes them 4-7, and seven, I believe. At 4-7, and seven, this might be where we see Chad Henney, but we'll see. They've got three home games in a row. Remember, they're 4-7, and seven, optimistically speaking. You think when they host the Colts, is that a win? No, I'm going to give them the L. Four and eight. Okay, in the last four games, hosting the Seahawks. What would be a long flight for the Seattle Seahawks, but I see no way. The Seahawks will need this game for playoff positioning, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Especially the last two years, the the last month of the season is when Russell Wilson just takes off. All right, so you got them four and nine, even being optimistic. They host the Houston Texans in week 15. I'm going to give them the L there. Okay, you have them 4-10, and 10, being optimistic. Then they travel to the West Coast to take on the 49ers. Who knows what the Niners will be doing at that point in time. Yeah, th- this is a game that, that Blake Bortles will play well in, and every- and then he'll be like, look, you see how Yeah, this is him making the case. Okay, yeah. so that yeah. makes them 5-10. and 10. Then they finish off on the road against a team I think will be in the playoff mix on the road Week 17 against the Tennessee Titans. The only way I would give them this is if Tennessee got, like, bumped the week before or whatever, and, you know, right. they're, they're deflated. Or if, like, Marcus Mariota broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Otherwise, okay. this is an L for Jack. So, so in the most optimistic of views, you give the Jaguars 5-11, and 11, maybe 6-10, and 10, right? Yep. So, 
We got a poll up right now at FNTSY Radio at Spit and Speeds. The Jaguars over under is six and a half. You, Mikey and I could not find seven wins on their schedule. When I say it out loud that like you would only lose if they won seven games, it makes me almost want to go right now and catch a red eye somewhere to Vegas and drop it down. You're betting the under on this, right, Mike? Yeah, of course. All right, so you're betting the under. I'm betting the under. I And 52% of you agree and say take the under. I'll say this. The 17% that say pass and have no action on this because it's a good line, I'm going to tell you something. If they decide to pull the plug on Blake Bortles early on in the season, because honestly – Honestly, Mike, running back position, not bad. Wideouts, not bad. That defense, I think, has the potential to be a top 10 defense. What if they pull the switch real quick, go to Chad Henney, and he's like a stabilizing, just game manager kind of guy? That is the only way I can see this 6.5 being in danger. But I'm with you. I'm with the people. Bet the under 6.5 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That speeds the spitting statistician calling his shot right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Hey, uh. Mike, though, the next poll that we have up is something we got to talk about because we put the fun in functional sports radio, right? And so, as you know, we have been looking to crown the greatest sports movie of all time. And we are down to the Elite Eight. We are finding who is winning the basketball movies region. I said it at the top of the show. It is the three seed White Men Can't Jump up against the five seed Space Jam. Now, the first question I have to ask you, Mike... Have you seen both of these movies? Yeah, and these two are two of my, like... That's why it's the regional final, man. Space Jam was, like, one of my favorite movies as a kid. As I got older, I really appreciate White Men Can't Jump. It's a great movie. Yeah, I'm going with White Men Can't Jump. I have been lobbying for White Men Can't Jump all tournament long. As you guys know, last month I was away for a week. I was in California. I was on Venice Beach kind of recreating a scene from White Men Can't Jump, being like Billy Hole, uh, you know, stretching, getting on the court, that sort of thing. I love everything about this movie, okay? I love the Stooky Brothers. I love the foods that start with the letter Q. I love the way they had their hustle. What would be our hustle, Mike, if we were, like, just on the playground? You know, what would we do? Would I like come out limping or something? Or you think like a Puerto Rican and a white guy can't really do the, do it on a basketball court? How would we hustle the uh, the population out there? Well, I know you you sometimes have your asthma pump. That's right, you. asthma. I feel like that yes. would have to be tied into. Yes, it. you're absolutely right. I'd be over there wheezing like a <laughs> maniac, right? And then be like, Nah, I'd pick him. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'd hit the super pump, and we'd be good to go. My thing though. With Space Jam, Mikey, is that, um, you know, Michael Jordan was in that role, right? Remember, there's supposed to be a Space Jam 2, and it was supposed to be LeBron James in this remix. I don't know if they can still use LeBron James, man. He's been in all this drama. You know, he's like kind of playing the villain role in the black hat. I don't know if uh, LeBron is really on brand for what they want anymore. You know, I could see them trying to form the Banana Boat team, you know, with him, you know, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, and the like. But after this drama with Kyrie Irving, I don't know. It sounds like people don't want to play with LeBron anymore. They want to get out from under his shadow. That's not going to do it if you're going up against the mom stars now, is it? You think Bugs Bunny would halfway through the game be like, no, I want want my own shot. Exactly. Bugs (laughs) Bunny being like, listen, man, I need to be out from under your shadow. You know, I think that might be the way it goes down. But you are, uh, so wait, you know, you said you love both of these movies. Ultimately, where is your vote, though, Mike? I voted, it was a close vote. 
but I ultimately voted for White Men Can't Jump. You're voting for White Men Can't Jump. Speeds the Spitting Statistician is also voting for White Men Can't Jump. Sydney Dean, Billy Hole, and the crew. You know, I even remember, I love that, like, two-on-two tournament that they got into, you know, where they were, like, arguing the whole time, but ultimately won for the $5,000. And also, this movie also started my love for Rosie Perez, you know, with Foods That Start With The Letter Q and sympathizing with the feeling of dry-mouthedness. I am voting for White Men Can't Jump as well. And um, Florio, it looks like you actually have the power to move the votes. Since you started talking, it has changed. And thanks to everybody out there who's voting at FNTSY Radio, at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. Right now, 62% of the vote is with White Men Can't Jump. They may be the first entry into the Final Four and the champion of the basketball region. I think that would sit well with me, though. I'd be excited if they were, in fact, the, uh, you know kind of a greatest basketball movie of all time. I know Chris Pavona, who's not here, is going to be happy that it wasn't uh, Hoop Dreams. He thinks that's a documentary and shouldn't count. In the uh, Subway series right now, we got some bombs being hit. Curtis Granderson hit one out um, against his former team, and it looks like Yoenis Cespedes has followed suit. The Mets have a 2-0 lead on the Yankees in Yankee Stadium in the Subway series. When we come back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the league We're going to say, who's doing it? Yo, a Red Sox rookie has gone yard not once, but twice. There have been three home runs hit by Red Sox rookies. I'll tell you about that. And I'll also tell you, like I said, who Floyd Mayweather thinks the edge is on paper in that fight coming up. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Mikey Florio on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. It's getting hot in here. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Many fantasy football players are focusing on their upcoming drafts later this summer. But the smart fantasy owner knows there's another big draft before the one where you pick the players. The first step in building a winner for the 2017 season is to draft the best team of experts for your preseason prep. So make the right selection and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com by purchasing the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. The Roto Experts roster features FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and former Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Scott Engel, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison, and many more analysis with impressive stats. They bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that'll guide you to title glory. So pick the team to help you build the right team. Make your first important selection of the 2017 season now and get the exclusive edge fantasy football package from rotoexperts.com. Be sure to enter promo code free radio at checkout for your discount. And I got what it takes to rock the mic right. What? You know I do. It's Dane Martinez, Speeds, the Spittin' Statistician. We drop stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And a big shout-out to all our new listeners listening live on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio. You could also download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. This way, whether you're catching it live or on demand, you can get not only... 
Speeds the Spitting Statistician. You get my guys Mike Florio and Greg Sussman and Frank Stanfield on Best Friends Forever. You get my man Tony Sincata on, uh, you know, the uh, Fantasy News Desk overnight. You get Scott Angle, the King, Matt Modica on Roto Experts in the Morning. And you get my man Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive on Fantasy Football Frenzy every day, giving you what you need. Here's the other thing, though, because Fantasy Football Drafts we know are coming up soon. My man Corey Parson has the Executive Edge Super Premium Package. You're going to get more than just draft reviews, okay? You're going to get auction values. And check this out. He's got the Fantasy Executive Snapchat. So you're going to be able to direct Directly snap with Corey Parson and engage with him to get all your updates directly. Let me give you some news and notes and scores around Major League Baseball. Giants and Marlins, they're in the third inning. San Francisco is up 3-2. to two. As I mentioned, Giancarlo Stanton with his 43rd home run on the season. Mets are up on the Yankees, 2-0 in the third. Like I said, Granderson with his 18th of the season. Yoenis Cespedes, he's not my Ennis. He's not our Ennis. He's Yoenis, 15th home run run of the season. We're in the third inning in Toronto. The Blue Jays have a 2-1 lead on the Rays. Josh Donaldson stays hot with his 17th home run of the season. For Tampa Bay, their run is a Wilson Ramos home run, his fourth of the season. My man Tony Sincata gave you Wilson Ramos as a punt play on DFS lineup lock, and he went yard. Hopefully you were listening to him. And also, later on, because this game started uh, at 6 o'clock Eastern time, you got the Indians and the Red Sox. Indians are up 5-3 on the Red Sox, but the Boston runs... This kid, Rafael Devers, the third baseman, has hit not one but two home runs already. And the other rookie, uh, Andrew Benatendi, has also gone yard. So uh, it's the young kids flying the flag for the Red Sox, but still the Indians lead 5-3. Trevor Bauer on the hill for Cleveland. Okay, like I said... We got some poll questions up there right now. We're seeing who wins the basketball region in our greatest sports movie of all time tournament. And it looks like White Men Can't Jump is poised to win this region. They got 62% of the vote, but we still got time. So if you want to make your voice heard, go to FNTSY Radio or Spittin' Speeds on Twitter and you can still vote. And as it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 52% of you, over half of you say, take the under on the Jags. Remember, Florida. Florio and I just went through it game by game and on our most optimistic presentation, the best we could get them to was six and ten. There is no way we see them going above the six and a half wins. Go pound this under right now like 52% of you think is the right answer. I wanted to talk lastly about, honestly, this Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight. Remember, it's only two weeks away in Vegas, okay? But here's the thing. I only got like a minute left with you guys. So, Florio, hold me to it, okay? We're going to talk about we're gonna talk about Conor and Floyd tomorrow, okay? That's what we're going to do. But I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you think this is going to play out on Hard Knocks, the uh, release of second-round pick Roberto Aguayo? How are they going to do this? Oh, they're going to build it up for sure. Yeah, because they even said the kicking competition, right? Like, they talked about Nick Folk, my guy Folk Hero, and Aguayo. Do you think this is the biggest draft bust of all time, going up to get his kicker in the second round, and then he was ineffective for a year or two, and then ultimately cutting him? I think it was one of the worst decisions of all time. 
Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. We'll see what other decisions are made in Tampa Bay. We'll stay in the AFC South and do another team, and we're going to see the winner of another region in the greatest sports movie of all time. Come on back, I promise. Connor and Floyd talk as well. Speeds the spitting statistician right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.